Hi, and welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us online and remind you to feel free to visit our website at seacoastvineyard.com anytime for up-to-date information on our local church here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. If you would like to give financially to this ministry, whether that's a one-time gift or a recurring monthly gift, simply click on the Give tab at our website and give however God leads you. Now, we want you to enjoy this message from God's Word. So, <laughs> you know how bad it was. All right, so <laughs> I owed the water company money 90 days late. So I got a letter in the mail. They had stopped calling. They were sending me mail. And they said that we're going to cut it off Friday, 5 p.m. It was Thursday afternoon when I got the letter. So the first thing I wanted to do was give them a call and try to extend it because I didn't get my paycheck until the next Friday, and I obviously did not have the money to pay for it. So what I did is I called them up on the phone. The lady picked up the phone. I said, hey, I'm 90 days late. I get it, but can you extend it till next Friday? And she said, no, there's nothing we can do. You're 90 days late. We, the company policy is to cut it off. I said, well, I can make a partial payment. I have $50. I owe them a lot more than 50 But if, if I can give you a partial payment, will you at least keep it on for you know, another week? She said, no, I'm sorry. There's nothing we can do. I said, well, can I speak to anybody else? She said, no, there's nobody that's going to keep this on for you. I'm sorry. We're just doing our job. We've got to cut it off. And that's when the frustration of being that broke and owing that much money for that long of a time really started to well up inside of me. And I started getting angry. And I said to her, you know what? I, you really don't care. Here I am. I'm having a hard time. And I can't pay it. And you don't care if I go a week without water. What does it matter to you? You still get to have your job. And I'm sitting here with no water. And I started screaming at her. And finally, I hung up the phone. And, well, you don't really hang them up these days. You just kind of push the, the button really hard. So I... <laughs> put it down. I probably threw it at that point in time. (laughs) I don't remember. (laughs) I probably threw it. So I um, (laughs) angry and I had to figure out how I was going to live without water for, you know, a week. And so there's a lot of things you got to do. You got to do your laundry. You've got to cook and clean. I was cooking like eight meals at one time. I was um, figuring out how I was going to go to the bathroom, going to figure out how I was going to take showers Forgot everything I was going to do. Everything that could hold water had water in it. I was filling them all up, bathtubs, buckets, everything. This took a couple hours. And this whole time I was very, very angry. And But God started tugging on my heart. And he said, you know, you really shouldn't have said that to the lady on the phone. And I'm going, but you don't understand, God. I'm going through a hard time, and they're not helping me out. God says, no. What actually happened was you didn't pay your water bill for 90 days. And they're going to cut off your water. And she was doing her job. And she said, you're right. So I started thinking about it. And then, you know, I was like, well, how about this, God? I will apologize to you. And then you can circumvent the whole thing and just fix it all. And God says, no, that's not way. Really not going to work that way this time. You're actually going to have to call this lady back. And you're going to have to apologize to her. And that made me nervous because I was a jerk on the phone. So finally I said, okay, fine. I'm going to do it, God. I call her up. Lady picks up the phone. And I say, ma'am, I am. I'm the one you spoke to on the phone earlier, and she said, sir, and I said, ma'am, just hold on. I'm not going to yell again. I just want to talk to you. She says, sir. I said, ma'am, I apologize for everything that I said to you. She said, sir. I said, I called you this. I called you that. And hung up the phone. I'm walking, you know, with Christ. It's new, and I I, I messed up, and I'm just calling to apologize. She said, sir, 
I'm not the one you were speaking to on the phone earlier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I guess there's more than one person that works at the water company. But she said, based on your story, I can find her, and I can apologize for you. And I said, that's okay, and I hung up with the phone. I want to tell you something. My water did not get cut off Friday at 5 p.m. The water lasted till the next Friday. When I got my paycheck the next Friday, I was able to pay the water bill off in full. And God had his hand on me. And I had to do something in order for God to move in my life at that point. I had to take an action step. And in that case, I had to give an apology. Today, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about giving. And you can give many things. You can give time, skills, apologies in some cases. But today, we're going to specifically talk about financial giving. You see, during this time, um, my mom actually had a friend who had a son. He was about the same age as I, as I was. He also had um, money issues. And uh, she said that uh, her friend had told her that he started tithing. And a lot of the financial issues started to dissipate in his life over time, and he was doing a lot better. And, uh, guys, I was up against the wall financially. If you don't owe a water company um, after 90 days, you're willing to pretty much try anything. And so at that point, I was getting a check. I got a check every two weeks. It was for $800. And um, I took $80 out of that. I said, I'm going to test God out in this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it. So I passed the bank on the way to the church that Sunday. I mean, and I had to go back to the bank, take out the $80, and I held it in my hand to church, in church, the whole time until the very end of the service. And I was sweating, and I, I needed that $80. I dropped it in the basket. But today, what I want to share with you is, where did I get this idea to tithe? Where did, where did this come from? It's actually biblical. And in Malachi, it's the Old Testament, chapter 3, verse 6 through 8. We're going to start getting into it. So this is the Lord speaking to the Israelites at the time. And he says, I am the Lord, and I do not change. That is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and Failed to obey them. Now return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord. But you ask, how can we return when we have never gone away? Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, well, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? Well, you have cheated me of tithes and offerings due to me. Now, everybody wants to know a specific amount. Tithe means 10. So, 10% is the traditional amount, but I want to go deeper than that today, and I want to ask the question, what does God mean by owe me? What does God mean by cheat me of tithes and offerings? For this, we have to look at our culture. So in our culture, we work, go to work, we do something, and we get paid. So you go to work. You do something, and you get paid. There's a difference between a payment and a gift. So when you get your paycheck, you do not jump for joy that you got it. You said, I did that thing, and I'm getting what I deserve. Now, when you receive a gift, you receive it with joy, as if you didn't do anything to deserve it. Now, the Bible's view on money is different from our view on money. The first thing to understand about money is that it's not yours. For this, we're going to have to go to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19. This is Paul. Timothy was his student, and Paul's 
telling him how to preach during specific things and incidents that may come up in his life. And he says, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. So God gives us all we need for our enjoyment, including money. So let's look at in our culture again. Um, you go to work, you do something, you get paid. Well, who gave you your eyes to get to work? Who gave you your hands to do your job? Well, who gave you your brain to be able to navigate through your day, right? Can you control your heartbeat? Can you control the amount of breaths you take? I want to give you guys an antidote. There was this scientist you read in Genesis that God created life from dust. And um, he said, I can do that because I'm a scientist. So he started uh, studying. He spent 20 years in the lab studying about how to create life from dust. And uh, after 20 years, he goes, aha, I can do it. So he goes to a field, and he challenges God. And God actually shows up. He says, God, if I can create life from dust, you must call me your equal. God says, challenge accepted. Scientist says, okay. So he goes down, he bends down, he grabs up a big handful of dust. Let's get started. God goes, wait, wait, wait. Get your own dust. Are you beginning to grasp how we do not see the forest through the trees here? We need to always be shifting our perspective from work, do something earnings, and realize that the whole process is actually a gift from God. Don't worry. The Israelites did not believe any of this either. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back to Malachi. <laughs> and uh, so it says, you ha- this is God speaking. This is how the Israelites are speaking to God. And God's just kind of rehearsing this. He's saying, you have said, what's the use of serving God? What have we gained by obeying his commands or by trying to show the Lord that we are sorry for our sins? From now on, we will call the arrogant blessed. For those who do evil get rich, and those who dare God to punish them suffer no harm. So you see, the Israelites are looking around. These people were literally doing evil. We're not giving tithes and offerings, and they're getting rich. It's a safe assumption to make. We go to Malachi 9 through 10. I'm going to share with you the reality of a scenario. God is saying, you are under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. You see, because we trust in money, which is so unreliable, like it says in, in, in 1 Timothy, which was never ours to begin with, we are under a curse. Have you ever felt like you were under a curse financially? Yeah, I have many times. So I know this is heavy, right? So we got to concentrate on God's character here. If you read Malachi chapter 1, verse 2, the very first thing he says after the introduction is, I have always loved you, says the Lord. So he loves you. We skip to Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. 
He says, I am the Lord and I do not change. So he loves you. It doesn't change. never changes. And we can get a clearer sense of what we want or what God wants for us when we read Romans chapter 8, verse 28. This is Paul speaking again. And he says that, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for him. See, he wants to bless you. If we go back to Malachi to see, we can see exactly how God does bless you or how God wants to bless you. Now, this is right after he says, bring in the tithes and offerings. He says, if you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight. Sounds like he wants some good stuff in your life. Most importantly, God wants you to test him. If you look right in the middle of that passage, he says, try it, test me. See, I didn't, I didn't believe God either, and that's where I got the idea to test him. I said, you know what, I'll just test him. I'll see if he actually exists. So I put the $80 in the basket. And uh, like I said, I owe a lot of people money. So um, electric company was the next one. And I got, with that same paycheck that I took the $80 out, I went to go try to pay my electric bill online. They wouldn't take my money. They emailed me back. They said, we actually owe you, I owed $150. I remember. <laughs> they said, we owe you $59. We're going to send it to you. Have you ever gotten paid from the electric company? <laughs> I lived in a, in, a, in a house, and I had an eviction notice on my door. It was my last month there. I told them I was going to be two weeks late. I was always late on rent, but I was going to be extra late because I was coming up on the end of what I could handle. <laughs> so they put an eviction notice on my door, and, um, which is okay. I deserved it. And so, but I did pay them. I told them I'd pay you rent. I paid them rent and moved out the next month. The point is I didn't deserve a deposit back on this house. I cleaned it up, but it was dirty. I cleaned it up, okay? And it needed work. There were things I did in that house that messed up the house. I did not deserve a safety uh, deposit back on this house. In the mail, I get a uh, check for $650, full deposit back a week later. I go from having nothing in my bank, actually negative in my bank, yeah, negative in my bank to having over $700 from nowhere. Most important thing is not the money, it's that I knew God was doing it. I said, wow, he's actually working in my life right now. For those of you who don't believe, okay, or are unsure of whether God exists, for you scientists out there, you need to touch it, you need to feel it, you need to see it, something to believe it actually exists. I am going to submit a challenge to you. I want you to put your money where your mouth is. Do not leave here and say, I went to church and the preacher asked for money. What a scam. Test God. He is asking you to because he will bless you beyond your wildest imagination. 
Case in point, Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament, and the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament is Jesus. Jesus shows up on the scene. In the Old Testament, the Israelites thought there was going to be a Messiah, but what they thought of was that this guy was going to be a world leader. He was going to come, make them a superpower. Everything was going to be peaceful. Everybody was going to get rich to some extent. Everybody was going to be, everything was going to be awesome with this world leader. New Testament, Jesus shows up and is radically different from what they expected. That's why there are so many problems. Jesus said things like his kingdom is not of this world. Totally different. He said he is light. He actually is God. And he would die for our sins. You see, the Israelites thought God was just speaking about financial peace. But God... When God said he would open up the windows of heaven, he was being literal. When Jesus died for our sins, he broke all the Old Testament curses. So that curse I was speaking about, if you're under this curse, it is only because you choose to be under it. Now, I'm not asking you to give because the church needs some money. I'm asking you because you really want to experience God in your life. You do. Experiencing God's presence is true life. We go back. Let's read 1 Timothy chapter 6, 17 through 19 again after going through this. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast from Seacoast Vineyard Church in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. We look forward to you joining us next time on iTunes or at our website, www.seacoastvineyard.com.